Alright, so the truth is, no dude wants to be called Pam. But the truth is, most men have a Pam problem. The Pam problem, guys. You know what that is? It's the passive-aggressive man. Passive with his hopes, dreams, desires. Maybe aggressive with vices, self-sabotage, distractions. They also struggle with women, work, and the world of men. Pam is passive with women, constantly friend-zoned. He's the nice guy that women keep around to help them move, check on their dogs, but never want to date. Pam is passed up at work, passed up for the promotion, and can't seem to catch a break. If you think you may have a Pam problem, or maybe you know someone that does, check out the High Value Man Conversation on Apple and Spotify and learn how to stop Pam and become a high value man. Learn more about the host, Aaron Alejandrino, on Instagram at TheFitBeard, all one word. But the podcast is called High Value Man Conversation. I checked it out on Apple Podcasts. It already has a five-star review. It's got some great episodes, including how to avoid that dreaded friend zone. Those of you guys out there, I'm very familiar with that friend zone over the years. I was lucky enough to finally get out of it, but that is going to be an excellent episode for the, you guys out there that are stuck in that situation. You can also learn how to just make friends. I mean, just basic stuff, but critical, critical stuff as well. Check out the High Value Man Conversation. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You're not going to want to miss it. It'll add value to your life, guaranteed. Check it out today. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. Says I just your ass. This is my You're gonna acknowledge me. All right, everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the SmackDown Review right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I'm one of the hosts of the show here, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter or on Instagram at MichaelRitter5, also the host of the Football Function Podcast, available on all of your podcasting platforms including the one that you're listening to this show on and also available on Patreon if you prefer an ad-free experience and you're just a good person and feel like, you know, helping support a growing show. You know, that definitely goes a long way. But joining me on today's episode to talk about the SmackDown that aired on August 12, 2022 from NC State, John Carrasco. John, how you doing, bud? I am doing pretty good, man. Appreciate the introduction and everything like that. And yeah, it's good to be back in the chair, you know, both of us. I know last week kind of a twist and everything, but yeah, it feels a little bit more comfortable and stuff like that when you leading the show. So yeah, let's roll into it. Definitely is good to be back. Obviously, you never like missing. I know you can agree on that. Mm-hmm. You know, it does suck. It throws you out of your rhythm, like having to watch SmackDown last week and not have to take notes on it, like just be able to watch it and enjoy it. It was kind of nice. But then this week, feeling how out of the loop it is like whenever you miss one week and you come back you do feel like you missed a month like it's pretty crazy actually especially nowadays with how the WWE is just changing it seems like every single day but I am looking forward to talk about this episode of Smackdown it was I mean depends on what your grading scale is uh I would probably give this show like somewhere around a B you know just there was some interesting thing that happens I mean when you have a match like Gunther and Shinsuke Nakamura 
I mean, go point me another match that was better during the week than that one. I mean, that, that was a hell of a match. Main event of the show. I do feel like it lived up to the hype that, I mean, I at least had for it. I was very excited for that. But, like I mentioned, that was the main event. So, obviously, we will get to that whenever we get there. But before that, we're going to start with what opened the show. And it was the tournament to determine the new SmackDown. Or, no, 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 not SmackDown. New Women's Tag Team Champions. Sorry. Get a little bit twisted there. But, anyways, I mean, it might as well be, you know, SmackDown belts just because, I mean, they were on Sasha and Naomi who are SmackDown wrestlers. And, you know, I mean, these matches, I mean, I know some happened on Raw, but, I mean, these ones were happening on SmackDown. I feel like a lot of the women who are more so in the tag team division, I feel like they come from the women's SmackDown locker room. That's just kind of the more mid-card heavy. There's a lot of, you know, heavy hitters over there on Monday Night Raw. You know, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair. A lot of pretty talented women over there on Monday Night Raw. Over on SmackDown, yeah, we have a few, you know. But, I mean, our champion is Liv Morgan. Ronda Rousey currently suspended indefinitely, you know. So I just feel like, personally, most of the the field of the tag team women's tournament however you want to say it is a tongue twister but i feel like a lot of them come from the women's or the smackdown division so that's why i got twisted up there about 30 seconds ago whenever it happened before i got on this little tangent but i'm tying it back here this was a first round matchup raquel rodriguez and Aaliyah versus shotzi and Zia lee i pretty much knew right away we kind of talked about it we, we we basically predicted the whole tournament at some point this week during work, we were just saying, all right, let's just look at the way the bracket's set up. Who's going to be in the semifinal matchups? Who's going to eventually win the whole thing? And we can kind of share that just to get ahead of the curve a little bit, get ahead of the group in terms of making our predictions for this. But we did both predict that these, I'm sure, I, I mean, I can't speak for you, but I know I predicted that yeah. Raquel Rodriguez would uh, would get this job done because that's another thing we agreed on is Raquel alone is a, is a big threat in this tournament. So the fact that she's tag-teamed with Aaliyah kind of, I feel like, you know, lessens her cha- or her chances, I guess you can say, just in comparison to maybe if she was tagged with somebody else. You don't you don't agree with that? Yeah, I'll press. I think uh, they kind of complement each other pretty well. So I'll, They do. I, I think that's going to be a good team going forward, I guess you They could say. do complement each other very well. I guess the only thing I was kind of thinking, I don't know the whole baby face heel dynamic there, but I just feel like, I mean, if she was with somebody like Zia Lee, who also complements her very well, but isn't necessarily a jobber, like some people would consider Aaliyah being, it's just tough for me to give that credibility. But they did go on to the next round. I didn't see the bracket in front of me. So I don't know who they're going to be facing, <clears throat> excuse me, but um, obviously... If you watch SmackDown, and you should know by now that we predicted it correctly, Raquel Rodriguez does get the win by uh, hitting a Tahana Bomb on Zia Lee. Pins are one, two, three. But before that happened, we kind of touched on something that happened during this match where Raquel Rodriguez was hitting that, like, it's like a corkscrew elbow drop, something like that. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's badass what she does. It's very smooth. But she landed. I think it was her ass, maybe like her lower back. Some Some part of Raquel landed directly on Shotzi's face, and her mouth was busted open. She was, you know, just gushing blood out of the mouth. Looked like a little bit like Gene Simmons, but um, didn't stop her. She continued to, you know, fight through this match like we've seen people do in the past, whether it's like a broken nose or some type of blood happening. Continued to fight through, but it wasn't enough to stop the dominant red-hot Raquel Rodriguez. What were your thoughts about this opening segment? Well, I mean, it was pretty interesting. Um, I the pairing, like I said, between Raquel Rodriguez and 
Liz, I think, is phenomenal. But I also think on the other end, uh, Shotzi and Zaylee were a good tag team. It seemed like they had put in like at least some type of work on like their moves and stuff like that. So I wasn't mad at that. You know, it actually seemed like they they were invested in this little tag team that they had, even though they lost out pretty quick and everything. I mean, I felt like that they 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 went well together as well, but. I also did like whenever, you know, like uh, Sonya Deville and Natalia was uh, standing outside. Yeah. And then uh, they both threw them out the, uh, what would you say, like the railing, the guard. The barricade. The barricade, I guess you could say. And then, like, they did that little, or uh, Shotzi and Raquel, they did that little slow little turnaround, you know, then that quick little stare down and just started going at it, you know. Yep. I thought that was like. A good pop for me right there. You know, I kind of, okay, dang, they're about to get back into it. Yeah. So I was like, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I wasn't mad at this one. Definitely impressed. Yeah, so we can kind of go ahead and just share it since we touched on it a little bit ago, our predictions for this tournament. What I thought would happen, Raquel Rodriguez, uh, she does get the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to just completely discredit Ali. I'm making it seem like oh, she's no. by herself. Dude, she, even Pat Mac, uh, McAfee noticed this. She put a spear into the uh who was it? Shotzi? Yeah. Oh, no, it was Aaliyah huh? that she hit with the spear. Was, who, Aaliyah hit a spear? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it was, yeah. That, well, that was pretty nice. So I'm, I'm impressed with what she's doing, too. I just remember specifically, you you said it, Pat McAfee said it. I remember hearing it yeah. from the commentary team that somebody hit a spear. Yeah. I think I might have been taking notes at the time. Yeah, Aaliyah hit. So I know it happened. I just don't really know who was on Aaliyah the receiving the end spear, of it. Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Well, um... Like I said, I mean, I don't have the bracket in front of me, so I don't really know exactly how it's set up. But the way I kind of saw it playing out was Alexa Bliss, Asuka, mm-hmm. Raquel Rodriguez, Aaliyah as one side maybe, depending on – I don't know exactly the matchups, but those are two teams that are going to be advancing to the semifinals as well as Dakota Kai, Io Sky, and Nikita Lyons. Okay. And um, who was it? Zoe Stark from NXT. I, I knew. See, I'm not an NXT fan. I know Nikita Lyons, though. I will say she's going to be one of my favorites once she gets moved up to the main roster. Dang. Can definitely identify her in a crowd. But um, just as far as like the way the bracket's set up, I guess if I was going to predict it, Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah versus the NXT team, and the NXT team advances, goes to the finals, and they take on the winner between Dakota. Dakota Kai and EO Sky. I almost pulled a Bailey there. There you go. I tell the people to shut the <laughs> hell up, you know. But anyways, oh, I, um, that, that's kind of how I see it. And I, I think that Alexa Bliss and Asuka will lose to Dakota Sky. I'm just going to call their team that. See, I did it. I ended up doing it after all. But their team, I, I think that it will end up being Dakota Kai beating Alexa Bliss in terms of like team captains. Mm-hmm. And Nikita Lyons, NXT team, beating Raquel Rodriguez. So we will get Dang. NXT team in the finals. You're hearing it here first. NXT team will make it to the finals versus Dakota Kai and Io Sky. And just judging by the way they're being booked, given that Triple H is basically running the show right now, and these are his babies, from NXT, number one, that's why I think the NXT brand is going to be showcased in this. They were, they're not going to win. I think that whoever you know gets there and faces the NXT team is going to win. But they want them to get the exposure, uh, more eyeballs on the product, to maybe make viewers go and watch it. You know, to know they do have a credible tag team there, and ultimately just put over these two women. You know, who knows what can happen going forward whenever they do eventually 
you know, come up to the main roster. I do believe is a draft is coming here pretty soon where the rosters will be shaken up a little bit. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to take uh, part in one of those yet. Have you? I have not. Or a, a draft? Yeah. Yeah, I have. So you've watched one, but not here on the podcast. No. Yeah. Okay, I got well, actually, you. Actually, yeah, I think at the very beginning. Or I might have not been recording yet, but I did see the one that was at the beginning of this year. Really? Was yeah. there one at the beginning of this year? Mm-hmm. I must, I don't know. How, why, is, why am I blanking on that? A draft? A draft? Yes. Okay, how, how did it Definitely. go? Just fill um, me in on this. That's all I need. So, of course, you know, well... Everybody that's kind of on the brands right now. I mean, of course, there's no brand split, but well, you got Roman Reigns. You had Becky Lynch at a time, you know, mm-hmm. whenever she was a champion. Uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on this last one. So it's definitely on me. Yeah, um, I mean, it was definitely there because I was like, I even I even talked to you about it. I was like, you know, but. I can't really touch base on too much of it because, you know, that was all fresh to me whenever I was. But, yeah, there was definitely one. Well, um, they're pretty badass whenever they're done right. Whenever the structure of the brand split is actually, you know, enforced, Mm -hmm. then, you know, you can really enjoy a draft like this. But whenever people just going back and forth from brand to brand, then it really doesn't matter. Like, it really doesn't. Like, you're wasting your time with a draft. It, It doesn't matter. Just, I mean, have SmackDown be the you know, delegated B show, put all your good stuff on raw and let the people who don't get, I mean, that's just, that's just how they treat us over here. I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of it. They I'm got just, three hours to do their magic. We got two for now still fill it for now. They do. All right. I, I'm sticking up for SmackDown right here. I don't oh. know about Mike, but he's over, he's over here talking. He's, he's I'm wearing just being a, a realist. Red. He's wearing a lot of red. So hey, Falcons played their first preseason game today. I will say beat the Detroit Lions. Shout out to Detroit, <laughs> Kyle. Uh, it was a fun little game there, I will say. Obviously, preseason. Take it with a grain of salt. But uh, that's why I'm wearing red. I love SmackDown. You know that. Um, I'm just you know, giving you some stuff. I know, yeah. I'm definitely, you know, uh, I, I represent the blue brand over here. But I, I just, you know, I'm, a, I'm real about it. You know, I know how the public perceives it. You know, they all just think, ooh, Raw's so good. SmackDown sucks. SmackDown's uh, women's division sucks. Roman Reigns never shows up. All that good stuff. You know, I mean, I, I get it, you know. But, hey. Tables always turn at some point. So mm-hmm. just keep that same energy whenever Roman Reigns is showing up every week. And, you know, SmackDown just gets better. Keep in mind, we got Gunther, all right? That's there a heavy freaking hitter right there. And that's a, that's a big time, big time pro wrestler. I'll use it. We over got a lot on of people uh, on IRT, so. Yeah, true. Wait till Sasha Banks comes back, Ooh, all right? That's another stuff, one there. Yeah. yeah, so we're ready to rock, all right? Let's just go ahead and say that when Survivor Series comes around, it's Raw versus SmackDown. You know we're going to be representing over here, but let's go ahead and uh, move on to something else that happened. Another newcomer to SmackDown, Karrion Cross has a backstage promo. He just basically talks about how he's not the chosen one, how Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns are, and he feels like a broken toy, I think might have been the example that he used. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talks, referring to him and Scarlett, they say that they changed the timeline, meaning that there was an original plan for the Universal Championship, for Roman Reigns, whenever he did inevitably lose it or whatever. That's kind of what I took from it. And whenever they said, we changed the timeline, meaning no, like now that we're here, like things are going to go different, we're going to be the ones that take this championship. And they have this weird camera angle. Did you catch that? Where like it looked like they were like yeah. kind of creeping around the corner. You see Drew McIntyre right there, and they were actually watching him. Well, how did he not hear him? Number one, just... Just maybe, maybe just looking into it a little bit too much. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, wait, so 
if I knew that I attacked Drew McIntyre from behind a week ago and I know that he's like right around the corner and I'm just standing there, I'm not going to be screaming, mm-hmm. cutting a promo. You know, I'm going to be keeping it down, especially because immediately after he's just raising his voice, he gets all in, you know, stealth mode, kind of goes over there on the corner looking around, you know, being real careful. I'm like, you were just raising your voice there, cutting right. a promo. So I'm <laughs> just kind of didn't really add up there, but I did enjoy the camera work. Just mm-hmm. the fact that immediately after that you hear Drew's music hits, it's just a little bit of a um, a gift for people who are paying attention and uh, looking forward to that type of stuff. But the reason why Drew McIntyre's music hit and he went out to the ring was basically to deliver a message to Karrion Cross. He says that his hands are tied up right now, referring to Roman Reigns and his match at Clash of the Castle. But soon, he and Karrion Cross will be able to play a multiple choice game, and he'll get three choices. A, knockout. B, hospital. Or C, graveyard quickly. Which one would you pick? I'd take the knockout. All right, knockout. Uh... Depending on my health insurance situation, I'm not trying to go to the hospital. I might go to the hospital because I don't like being knocked unconscious. Number one, never happened to me before, but I don't want it to happen. Uh, number two, hospital that can mean a lot of things. You know, he could easily give you maybe a titty twister a little bit too hard, pinch the, or, you know, I guess break the skin. You got to go over there and get some stitches. Who knows what could happen? You know, hospital trip can mean a lot of things. And uh, I'm gonna be honest, I like cafeteria food. I do. <laughs> Sue me. I love, uh, you know, a good cafeteria line. You know, you get the tray. You pick various different types of food. I'm all for that. So, I mean, you get me in the hospital for maybe like a one-day stay. Like I said, if, if it's all paid for, my health insurance is all good and all that stuff, and I'm not paying for this trip, I think, I, I think I'd take the hospital trip. But anyways, um, he also says that he's going to shock the crowd here, right? He's going to break some news. He's got the scoop. Roman Reigns isn't here tonight. So obviously, you know, very sarcastic. The crowd had the shock looks on their faces like, what? Roman Reigns isn't here tonight? Are you kidding me? Like, obviously, we all knew Roman wasn't going to be there tonight, but he is going to be there next week. We had a face-to-face with Drew McIntyre. They advertised that later in the show. But after he says that Roman Reigns isn't here tonight and he starts to, you know, take shots at uh, Roman, the lights kind of go out a little bit. And we hear Karrion Cross and Scarlett's music hit. And she comes to the ring very, very slowly. And she has Drew McIntyre's full attention, which does bite him in the ass because if he were to turn around, the Usos climb in the ring, attack him from behind. They're jumping him. They hit the 1D. Um, they get the better of Drew right here. And then they turn to Scarlett and they basically say, hey, if, if your husband is going to uh, step up to Roman, then he's going to be getting knocked down too. But before they said that, and it just seemed like she was distracting Drew for them, I was confused as hell. Like, I was like, okay, what is this dynamic? Like, I'm really confused because I didn't see last week, right? Like, I didn't watch SmackDown in real time and see that reaction. Now, obviously, I, I knew Karrion Cross made his return. I saw the whole main event segment where he did attack Drew McIntyre and all that stuff. The hourglass gets put in the ring. What, uh, what I didn't understand, though, is what the connection was for Karrion Cross, like, being inserted in this because it, it's almost like... With this Universal Championship and, I mean, I guess the Unified Championship, whatever it is, they, they like to use like a, a monkey bar approach, like where you have one hand on one bar and another one on the other. Think about it, like when you was going to SummerSlam with Brock Lesnar, they were hyping up the Clash at the Castle the whole time, you know, talking about Drew McIntyre. Now here we are leading into Clash at the Castle and Karrion Cross is starting to creep in here and like it's like they're starting to 
set the groundwork for the for the next feud, whoever ends up winning the championship, because that's what it was. It was hyped up. Drew McIntyre is going to fight whoever at Clash at the Castle, whether it's Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, even Austin Theory's name was floated around at the time. Um, but I just feel like they're kind of doing the same thing here with Karrion Cross, and I didn't really know where he fit in in this whole situation. But now I can kind of see very clearly that, I mean, he's basically, he's clearly after Roman Reigns. He's clearly after that championship. But he's, he, he knows that he has to go through Drew to do it. So that's pretty much what he's doing. He, he knows that he has to knock Drew out. But Drew made it pretty clear today that he wants a piece of carrying. So, I mean, I don't know about a triple threat. Obviously, that's not going to happen to Clash at the Castle. But if there's some type of sloppy finish, like if Karrion Cross and Scarlet go out there and interfere with Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre at Clash at the Castle, you could see something happening where at the October pay-per-view, I'm not really sure which one it is, maybe TLC. I don't know for sure. Don't quote me on that. But... Whatever pay-per-views in October, I could see this maybe end up, you know, being a triple threat or carrying just stealing a uh, number one contender spot somehow. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, first of all, his music, awesome. I've, last week was the first time seeing it, hearing it. So, I mean, to hear it again this week, yeah, it definitely gave me that little chill, man. I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I don't really know what to think of it. I mean... For him just to come out and attack Drew like that last week, it just, yeah, it, it threw my mind in a, a swirl. Like, the first thing that came to mind was, okay, maybe we might get a triple threat for this just because we don't need Roman losing it, you know? I mean, Karrion Cross can come in and kind of be like the distraction that he's being right now, I guess you could say, Scarlet. But I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, it really didn't take too much from the... Like the Usos jumping in, I guess you could say maybe it was just like them coming in, kind of defending the name from Drew, you know, kind of throwing out the little, oh, uh, you just like the yes man and type stuff, right hand or whatever he called them, stuff like that. But I don't know, man. I don't think there's like too much of a connection between the Karrion Crush and the Usos on this, in my opinion. You're listening to the WWE Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Alright, so the truth is, no dude wants to be called Pam. But the truth is, most men have a Pam problem. The Pam problem, guys, you know what that is? It's the passive-aggressive man. Passive with his hopes, dreams, desires, maybe aggressive with vices, self-sabotage, distractions. They also struggle with women, work, and the world of men. Pam is passive with women, constantly friend-zoned. He's the nice guy that women keep around to help them move, check on their dogs, but never want to date. Pam is passed up at work, passed up for the promotion, and can't seem to catch a break. If you think you may have a Pam problem, or maybe you know someone that does, check out the High Value Man Conversation on Apple and Spotify and learn how to stop Pam and become a high value man. Learn more about the host, Aaron Alejandrino, on Instagram at TheFitBeard, all one word. But the podcast is called High Value Man Conversation. I checked it out on Apple Podcasts. It already has a five-star review. It's got some great episodes, including how to avoid that dreaded friend zone. Those of you guys out there, I'm very familiar with that friend zone over the years. I was lucky enough to finally get out of it, but that is going to be an excellent episode for the, you guys out there that are stuck in that situation. You can also learn how to just make friends. I mean, just basic stuff, but critical, critical stuff as well. Check out 
the High Value Man Conversation. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You're not going to want to miss it. It'll add value to your life, guaranteed. Check it out today. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Yeah, we'll let it play out for sure. That's something that definitely we need a couple more weeks, at least one more week, because Karrion Cross is so like he's so new on the scene in terms of like obviously he's been in WWE before, but like since he's been back, it's only been a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. But he's featured so prominently and in, in such a prominent way with the top guy in the company. It's hard not to wonder uh, what's going to happen there. But right. we can go ahead and move on here to uh, another little. I guess, attack from behind. That was the theme of tonight. This time, Kofi Kingston. He attacks the Viking Raiders from behind as they're making their entrance. And he does it. I mean, I think he might have a kendo stick with him. He's just, you know, mm-hmm. swinging away. At first, it looks like he might be getting the better of him. But the numbers game does eventually uh, come into effect. And he's left lifeless on that yeah, stage. And then Ivar like- hits that splash. Mm-hmm. Jumps off the barricade right there at the corner. You know, that's a good seat to have if you go to a live event. That corner... Right there at the very beginning of the aisle, at the, I guess, top of the stage, I guess. You know, the ramp is barely beginning because there's that other corner seat as well at the very end of the ramp. You know, like right there as they're going up the steps to get into the ring. Yeah. But on that same aisle, that very far corner, that's where they jumped off or Ivar jumped off, I guess, and hit that splash on the Kofi Kingston. It's just one of those things. He feels so lost without his partners. So he wants to get put in a hospital as well. You know, he just wants to. I mean, he's just, you know, asking for it. And I think if you knock on the devil's door enough, somebody's going to answer. Yeah, and this, I mean, I thought he was going to get, you know, like the best of them, like how he did uh, last week. But, man, yeah, whenever they, or he was like thrown headfirst into that shield, bro, I was like, oh, he's done. Yeah. There, I, there's no getting around this now. This is actually a very quick segment. It didn't take very long at all. But um, are you ready for another sneak attack? Yeah. Well, yeah. Sami Zayn approaches Roman Reigns' locker room. He's knocking on the door. Knocks pretty loudly. The Usos come out. They start to talk, and Sami Zayn's basically owning up to what they said last week. He's saying, you know, you guys are right. You know, I do need to do something here. And he starts to, you know, talk about it. But out of nowhere, Drew McIntyre comes in, and he just cheap shots the Usos. He's beating the hell out of them. And obviously, Sami Zayn makes a run for it, and he takes off, and that comes into play a little bit later in the show. They do question him for that, but... Something that uh, is funny because he's the one that knocked on the door, right? He's the one that got them to come out. Mm-hmm. And Drew comes out of nowhere, kicks their ass, and Sammy's the one that runs away and, like, doesn't get touched. You know, it's just it adds to that dynamic, whereas you think that eventually Sammy Zane's going to get hurt, you know, trying to force his way into the bloodline. Well, I mean, the the thing that I got from this was, like, the, the camera angle of it again. Like, how, like, that camera just, like, viewed off to the side, you know, kind of blurry looking like, but... Yeah, I thought it was definitely time for him to take off that shirt at that moment, you know? But yeah. Yeah, I mean, it kind of played into some other stuff, but... It's funny, he's maybe. still wearing the old Bloodline mm. shirt. Like, they hadn't even given him the new one the where they one. have all the belts, you know? So, I yep. think that's uh, that's pretty funny. That I guarantee that's done strategically. They're doing that on purpose just to make it seem like, you know, they won't even give him the new shirt. He has to mm-hmm. wear the old one. But up next, something that I know is uh, pretty popular amongst the WWE universe. I'll be honest, guys. 
not me. I'm not a fan of these guys. I, I wasn't a fan of Hit Row whenever they were here the first time. Go listen to the podcast back in 2021 or whatever it was. Just wasn't a fan of them at all. I, I feel like they were extremely corny. That's something that I said every week whenever they were coming out, doing their whatever. Wasn't a fan of it then. We'll see. I'm not going to just completely be stubborn and, you know, die on a hill. I'll gladly change my stance on it if, you know, I'm given new evidence as to feel otherwise. But I'm just, you know, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't do it for me. It really doesn't. None of them. Like, Top Dollar, B-Fab. I don't even know the other one's name. I don't, I don't know the third member's name. I really don't. I th- they are the three OGs, though. That's what they said of uh, Hit Row. Okay, so question. Was Swerve was part of that? He was. In... He's in AEW now. Okay. So I was just making sure on that. I'm pretty sure, by the way. So if, if he's not in AEW, somebody's yeah. probably yelling at their phone right now, wanting to put me through a table. But hey, you know, it is what it is. Once they leave WWE, I typically don't follow them unless they're like, you know, pretty big name, obviously. You know, Adam Cole, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk. It's tough for those guys to go to AEW and you not know. You know, it's a big, big news item. But I'm going to be honest, Swerve. Not a, not the first name that pops on my radar, but they get a match here with some local talent. Don't even remember their names. It was a squash match. Top Dollar ends up winning with like a, he has one of them across his arms, like across his chest, the other one on his shoulders. He slams both of them, gets the pin. This match right here would have, uh, you know, I guess along with that, Kofi Kingston running up from behind. Mm-hmm. And attacking the Viking Raiders, probably one of the quickest segments on the entire show. Did this one do anything for you at all? This one, man, I lost interest whenever I saw, or when I I heard the hit row. You know, I was like, all right, this is gonna give me some time to, you know, do what I had to do at the house and stuff like that. But yeah, th- this isn't it for me. I don't, I had seen like they that, or somebody had said that they were gonna be brought back and stuff like that, and I was just like. I hope not. And then whenever it happened, bro, I was just like, wow. Yeah, and I do want to preface it by saying, you know, we're not haters. All right. Oh, we're no, not trying definitely to not. we're definitely. not trying to hate on them. We're just being honest. We'll tell you all day whenever something, you know, does catch our interest and we are into it. But this is just something that just I don't know why it's just tough for me to get behind and truly because it's extremely corny. Who knows? It might grow on me. I doubt it, but it might. And if it does, then, you know, like I said, I'll be more than willing to change my stance. I guess we'll kind of see what happens there. Um, We can go ahead and move on to another segment, though. Let's see here. This was actually the contract signing between Shayna Baszler and Liv Morgan. But this thing was completely flipped upside down whenever Ronda Rousey appears and she comes through the crowd. Uh, If you didn't get a chance to see her wardrobe... You might want to go back and check it out just because it was very strange. I mean, it was very strange. It looked like she had a thong on her chest. So you did see it? I did see it. It was very weird. I was wondering what the hell was going on there. But nonetheless, she dumps out a bag of money to show that finding her basically won't phase her at all. Um, Security comes out. It looks like maybe she's going to hurt one of the security members. She does like flip one over and like grabs their arm. It looks like all hell is going to break loose. But she doesn't. She leaves on her own. And she's confronted by Shayna Baszler at the top of the stage, who basically just calls her out and says that, you know, that's not how you handle stuff over here. You know, it's not how you get what you want. Um, and it's not how you regain an opportunity at the championship, pretty much. It was a weird thing for Shayna Baszler to say. I will say I've never seen her call out Ronda like that. And Ronda kind of laughs it off and says, you know, you used to be a killer. And then she leaves. 
little nice interaction there, some foreshadowing that we could see these two in a program together soon, and Ronda Rousey as the heel, Shayna Baszler as the babyface. That would be interesting there. Like, really, just a dynamic that maybe people don't think about, you know, but clearly Ronda Rousey's a heel. This is a heel turn that she's making right now. People think it might be, you know, a way to get her to fight or wrestle Becky Lynch at WrestleMania, whatever, as a babyface Becky Lynch, but... I don't know, man. Shayna Baszler as a babyface in this program would be weird, but that was clearly something a babyface would say. Yeah. But I was going to say, that'd be hard to convince me to have uh, Shayna Baszler as a babyface. Especially face. after what she does here about mm-hmm. three minutes later. That's definitely True. like, so it's like, oh, come on, man. What are you guys doing? You guys are flirting the line there, and I need to know. Right. But Liv Morgan comes out after Ronda Rousey, you know, says it used to be a killer. She goes backstage. Shayna Baszler goes to the ring. We do get Liv Morgan. But before that, Shayna Baszler kind of cuts a promo. She signs the contract before Liv even gets out there. But Liv does finally come out. And she calls her a bootleg, Ronda Rousey. And uh, she says that she knows that because Liv Morgan actually beat the real deal twice. You could say what you want about those two wins, this and that. Um, but she's not wrong in terms of just True. being factual. You know, she is right. She didn't say they were clean wins. She didn't say she dominated or showcased a phenomenal wrestling ability. You know, just so happened to get the win. Her hand was raised at the end of the match, and I guess that's all that matters. But after the contract is signed, Shayna Baszler grabs her injured arm, twists it, um, stomps on it like she does that future endeavored stomp. She pulls it over her shoulder and just yanks it down. Mm. If her arm was really messed up, because, I mean, she went out there with a brace. She looked like J.J. Watt out there with that huge brace on his arm. And that's, like, the first thing I noticed. And if her arm is really messed up, then Shayna Baszler, she could put somebody on the shelf, man. And I think Liv Morgan might be in trouble here. I, I really do. I know they're trying to build Liv up as this, you know, this champion that overcomes the odds. But at some point, you're going to run into somebody that could fold you like a pretzel. And I think that maybe Shayna Baszler is that person. And... That I mean, definitely true right there. I can't say, but I want to see Liv kind of strive. You know, I mean, I know it's not convincing that she could possibly win. I guess this one as well. But we've seen her beat Ronda twice, like we said. You know, so I don't know what to say about this one, man. Yeah, it's definitely going to be hard to convince me that Liv can actually pull this one off. But yeah, got to see what happens, right? You definitely do. That's uh, one thing you were not wrong about. And we can go ahead and move on to the Usos coming out. They do confront Sami Zayn before this. They say, you know, like calling him a track star, you know, referencing him running away and all that stuff. It was a funny little interaction. They say, don't worry, we're about to go out to the ring and call out Drew McIntyre right now. And they do just that. They say, Drew, pick a tag team partner and come out here. And you do have to give them credit for, number one, not being scared. You know, I mean, obviously they're pro wrestlers. They're not scared of anything. But just in terms of like calling Drew McIntyre out and not even saying, like, hey, two on one. Like, no, they want to make it even. They're like, no, get your tag team partner. Come out here and let's do this. Fair and square. You have to appreciate that. And I do feel like in the grand scheme of things, it does make the Usos look a little bit more badass than what they looked before the show opened. And I will just be honest there. You know, I think I thought that was a pretty good move by the Usos. But anyways, he does come out pretty damn quick. Drew McIntyre, that is. And he doesn't wait for a partner. He doesn't even care. He goes out there. It's two on one at first. And uh, it's pretty even for a little bit. You know, he's getting his in. They're getting theirs in. Eventually, they're stomping him out, though. And uh, it does look like the numbers advantage is going to come into effect here again. But 
Mad Cat Moss comes to the rescue, goes out there, helps him, uh, you know, goes after one of the Usos. Drew McIntyre gets up, starts defending himself as well. And then whenever, you know, Madcap's kind of there waiting for him to be embraced. And Drew kind of, you know, goes up there and it looks like he was going to wait a little bit. I was like, what are you doing, man? Did you come here to save your ass? Like, shake right? his freaking hand, you know? Like, I don't know why. I'm a big Madcap fan. And I think that um, him going out there to help him was pretty badass. You could tell that they do have some big plans for old Madcap going forward. But we do finally get that true tag team match after a commercial break. And... I mean, Sami Zayn comes out, he gets involved a little bit, but it's the red-hot Drew McIntyre that ends up hitting Jimmy Uso with a claymore, and they pick up the win. So Drew McIntyre, once again, I mean, he's in a damn good spot right now with a head full of steam heading towards Clash at the Castle. Yeah, man, this one, man, the whole Madcap thing kind of threw me off because, you know, I'm all for him and everything, and it's hard to... It's hard to go against Madcap, I guess you could say, especially whenever they're going against Bloodline, because, of course, Bloodline, that's who we're going to go for. But I am happy that he's actually, like, trying to keep himself, like, relevant, I guess you could say, like, with big names and stuff, with, you know, matches. And I'm not mad at that, but, man, I just didn't like that. It had to be him that came out. I'd rather see Drew McIntyre just handle that by himself, I guess, but I wouldn't say handle it, but, Yeah. I didn't expect that. No, I totally get it, 100%. But moving on to something that I know you're going to enjoy. We get a photo shoot backstage between the Maximum Male Models featuring Max Dupree and Maxine Dupree. You know, they're just enjoying a photo shoot. But hey, Max, had to, he had to stop it. Call a timeout real quick. Pause everything. What the hell are these dudes doing in here? And he's pointing to the Los Lotharios, the Lethal Lovers. They walk in here. He says, this is members only. This is an exclusive private photo shoot. What the hell are you doing back here? And they basically, you know, they make their pitch, right? You should have us join your little group here because we are the most attractive tag team on the roster. And, uh, you know, basically just saying we'd be good assets to your team. Is more or less what he was trying to get out. But, uh... <laughs> Know, Max kind of gets in his face or in his ear like he does typically, you know, about an inch away from people's face. I don't know why he does this. And he's basically trying to tell him no. And they just move him out of the way. And they go over to Maxine and say, we weren't talking to you. And they kind of just tell, you know, Maxine that the offer stands and they want to join the group or whatever. So it was funny. I don't know why I'm laughing about it now more than what I did whenever it actually happened. But just picturing him just getting his face right away and knowing that's kind of his go-to and he's done it to Adam Pierce so many times. It's a nice little, you know, little wrinkle to his character that's just funny. Just him getting in people's face. Yeah, man, this one, it was definitely better than all the other ones, I guess you could say. I mean... Because it's finally transitioning. It's not just a photo shoot. We saw another tag team go out there. That's always been the problem. How is this going to translate to the ring? Well, I was questioning, how did we not even think of Los Tatarios being part of this from the very beginning? Like, that, that, that's their whole little... I have heard somebody... I don't know who, so I don't want to... It sucks I can't give you credit, but I'm not going to take credit for it because yeah. I did hear it from somebody else. They said they should feud with Los Lotharios. Mm -hmm. I heard this like maybe a couple weeks ago whenever this thing first started. I don't know if it was in Discord or something, but somebody from the WWE Podcast Universe said that. And uh, I do want to give credit there because sure enough, here we go. But it does make sense. I yeah. agree. Me and you, it was right in front of our face. How did we not see that this could be a perfect feud. But I guess I just view all these guys as heels. I view the Maximum Male Models as heels, and I also view the Lethal Lovers as heels. So 
I try to factor that in whenever it comes to programs going forward. But these days, I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter. It is a good pair. Yeah, I mean, like I said, man, I, I, I don't know how we didn't think about this. But, I mean, I, I just like that it's not getting as much showtime as it was before. Like this little, what, 15, 30 seconds, maybe even a minute, I guess you could say what it was. That was fine. You know, I was don't have to go into too much nothing i guess you could say showing these guys well of course they're all freaking oiled up and doing their little flexes and stuff on command but yeah it, it, I, it, I i do like that it was a lot shorter than what it's been yeah and like i said as long as it's translated into something as long as we're getting somewhere wrestling related then i'm all for it you know take your pictures mm-hmm. do all your thing i mean if i was ripped and could do that type of stuff i'd probably do it too but and i think another thing is like the little inside feud that's about to be going on with Maxine and then Max. Because they're going to try to kick him out. Watch. They're going to try to kick him <laughs> so, to the curb. So, so, so now it's kind of, okay, maybe, but I'm not giving it too much. Yeah. Not, not too much. Well, we get another backstage attack. This time it's Ricochet breaking down, you know, giving the play-by-play on how he assisted Pat McAfee kicking Baron Corbin right in the gonads. And I don't know where... Baron Corbin comes in, he attacks Ricochet when he's in the middle of a backstage interview in that little ring area. We've seen that. I guess it's convenient that they have a little piece of a ring there because so many attacks happen right there that it's almost like a little mini match. So I guess the um, the location was fitting for this attack. But, I mean, clearly we're going to get Ricochet versus Corbin probably next week or the week after. Could lead to maybe a, a pre-show match at Clash at the Castle. I don't know if it's worthy of being at the card with absolutely no build other than I guess the scraps of a Pat McAfee and Baron Corbin program. That's kind of the way I look at it. Like getting the, the leftovers, the crumbs, the last little bit of that to try to make Ricochet feel relevant in this moment right now. Because since he lost the IC title, he's somewhat been floating in no man's land. You know, I want to see him get back to do something, mm-hmm. something meaningful. I mean, he was a good Intercontinental champion. True. It just so happened that the next dude following him was... Uh, an absolute phenom and that's kind of where we can get to now transitioning naturally into the main event the intercontinental championship match between shinsuke nakamura and gunther and this one is exactly what you expected um it's, i believe it was like 8 44 central time whenever this match started for me and i was like okay this is a little bit of i mean the if everything works out here they're going to give them about 16 minutes for this match give or take Ended up being right around t- uh, 12 minutes, but an absolute slugfest. Shinsuke Nakamura absolutely held his own. I don't feel like he was a loser in this match at all. I mean, I know he lost, but he didn't like, his character didn't get hurt at all because he put up a hell of a fight against someone who seems damn near unbeatable at this point. Just his ability to punish you throughout the match. His clotheslines. They're damn near worse than his chops. They really are. His clothesline is probably one of the most underrated moves in the entire WWE. Because keep in mind, JBL, he made a career out of the clothesline. That was his finishing move, the clothesline from hell. Gunther's is up there. It really is. It might even be worse. He makes dudes do backflips out of their shoes, man. This dude can take your head off. Shinsuke Nakamura did all he could. It just wasn't enough. I mean, that powerbomb that he does is absolutely vicious. It's tough to, uh, to I guess to knock Gunther off his feet, although there was that beautiful knee shot that Shinsuke Nakamura had on Gunther. So, I mean, mm. like I said, man, he he delivered his own, you know, versions of uh, some offensive strikes. You love seeing that from Shinsuke, the strong style. It's always kind of been his forte. 
he he's a good uh, adapter to his opponent. You know, he could wrestle AJ Styles and put on a five star classic. He can wrestle Gunther and put on a five star classic, and that's exactly what this was. Beautiful match, beautiful main event. Like I said, it's hard to find another match in all of wrestling. Although I didn't watch any of the other shows except for Monday Night Raw, so I don't want to you know just come out here and give a false opinion. But man, somebody point me to a better match this week than Gunther versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, this one was definitely great, man. I wasn't mad at it at all. Um, there was crazy chops. That was big bullet point that I had on uh, my notes. And it was crazy to see Gunther, or let me correct myself, Gunther actually on his back. I guess you could say, you know, getting rolled up, getting, you know, close one, two, threes. That that was crazy just to see that big guy with, like, his legs being held up, I guess you could say, while being pinned, you know. So this was, yeah, definitely a big eye-opener for me for, like, performance-wise for Shinsuke. You know, he definitely, I, I think he went above and beyond in this one because, I don't know, I, I just felt like I haven't seen this yet from him. You know, of course, they've been kind of giving him these little matches between Ludwig and stuff like that. But then you put the title online, you know, you get a lot more energy, I guess you could say, a lot more intensity. Yeah, and yeah, I definitely wasn't mad at this man, but uh, I don't know, man. Ricochet, I know he had said this in his previous or that little uh, interview that he had with Caleb Braxton that he was ready for what's coming, you know, and then him being next in line for the IC title again. But I want to see this happen again. I want I, I want to see another rematch of this match, uh, Shinsuke and Gunther. And I wouldn't be mad if it was next week. Yeah. You know? I mean, they put on a good show. If it was to start off SmackDown next week, maybe, or I wouldn't even say Raw, but yeah, I'd say SmackDown. If they were to start or started off SmackDown next week with this, you know, just some type of, oh, we just need a rematch type stuff thing, I wouldn't be mad at it. Yeah, a matchup like this, I don't think anybody would be upset with this. They mm-hmm. haven't really gone at it like that. When you put on a match like this, you deserve it. You know, yeah. you deserve that opportunity. Like, it's kind of... It's kind of funny. I know it's nowhere near that, I guess, stratosphere as Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar, but there's a, a rivalry, like biography type thing on A&E, documentary, however you want to look at it, but it, it's pretty badass. It highlights the rivalry that Brock Lesnar and them had. Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle, I should specifically say. And just goes through basically their matches that they had throughout the course of like 2002, 2003. Showed the injuries that Kurt Angle dealt with you know, in that match and how he fought while being injured to make sure that their last man standing match went on. And the reason, like, because keep in mind, last man standing match, that's like, obviously we just saw one with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. You have to stay down for the 10-second count. Mm -hmm. And that is what um, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, or Kurt Angle had. Now that I'm actually, I'm getting kind of twisted because I'm thinking, and I believe it might have been an Iron Man match, a 60-minute Iron Man match between Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar. And I remember he, like, gave him a fall. Brock Lesnar gave Kurt Angle a fall by hitting him with a chair. So he got disqualified, and Kurt Angle went up one to zero in like the, I guess the fall count mm-hmm. as the the hour you know ticks away. But basically, the the whole reason why I said that is because the crowd wanted it more because of how well those two work together. And I think mm-hmm. we're kind of in a little bit of a situation just in this moment in time right now where, like you just said, the crowd does want more of Shinsuke versus uh, Gunther. And I think that you know Shinsuke having that Intercontinental Championship and sitting on it that was a very bad taste in our mouth. We finally got it out. 
So I'm not advocating for Shinsuke Nakamura to win this championship. I don't think it's going to happen, even if we did want it to. But um, I just feel like him still being able to, you know, to main event SmackDown in a match like this and put on a five-star classic, it's just a testament to him and how valuable he is when you're talking about the SmackDown roster. He's somebody that um, if we were to have like a five-on-five elimination team, you know, Raw versus SmackDown at Survivor Series, you'd have to put Shinsuke on that team for sure. Yeah, definitely wouldn't. I would say leave him off of that list, I guess you could say, because I, I have my list of people, and I wouldn't say Shinsuke is probably like right there. But, I mean, with this performance, man, he definitely, I, I guess you could say, went up a few notches in my book. And, like I said, it was just like from previous, like, matches and seeing him, like, with the IC title and stuff yeah. like that. So, I mean, yeah, de- definitely moved up a few rankings in my book. Yeah, I definitely got to see the SmackDown roster as a whole. You know, I got to see mm-hmm. all the names before I do. But I will be honest, man, it would be tough for me to find five without listing Shinsuke's name just on that uh, on that elimination team. I'm, I'm I'm big on Shinsuke though. I do have a yeah. shirt down there. You probably haven't seen it yet, but it is because I got it like four or five years ago. But it is a Shinsuke Nakamura shirt. But nice. Anyways, that is the SmackDown review, the 95th edition. Since we've been doing this here, I do appreciate you guys for tuning in to you know get the lowdown on what happened on smackdown that's definitely what we enjoy doing is providing the insight the recap the review chronological order so if you didn't catch smackdown we'd like to do you know as good of a job as we can to catch you up and make it as if you did watch it so we do take a lot of pride in that providing a good episode for you guys to close out the week like we mentioned we look at ourselves like the last leg of a relay team just kind of sending you guys into the weekend uh, the right way with, you know, a good episode of SmackDown. And no matter what, no matter how this episode of SmackDown is, we hope that we can at least provide an entertaining episode. And, uh, you know, you guys enjoy what you spent your time doing. So uh, if you haven't already, go check out the other podcast here on the WWE podcast. You know, you got the Raw review, you got the Mailbag, you got the NXT review, AEW, WWE Retro, WTFW, although they might be on a hiatus right now. I don't really know exactly what's going on there, but... Shout out to Kanye Twitty. Shout out to Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan, the Casual Wrestling Crew, everybody in the Discord server for keeping that thing popping, keeping it entertaining. Um, that's always something that you like. A bunch of new names popping up there all the time. You love to see that. So, uh, you know, I enjoy the way the podcast is going, the direction that it's going. As we head closer to, you know, the fall, some uncharted pay-per-views like Clash of the Castle. Who knows what's next after that? Maybe, oh my gosh, now that I'm thinking about it, they're going to freaking Saudi Arabia. In October, mm. freaking crown jewel, or whatever on a Thursday, like eleven a.m. So yeah, be all right, man. Gonna throw yeah. off our schedule, uh, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. You know, uh, I'm looking forward to that. But anyways, guys, one more time, want to thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. B i double g underscore speaker, big speaker. If you want to follow John on Twitter, you already know where to get at me. If you want to go follow Football Function, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, maybe even on Patreon if you want an ad free experience. But either way, I will definitely appreciate. You guys listening in general. We've got a lot of WWE podcast voices that have made their way over there to that show. So it would uh, definitely go a long way if you uh, decide to tune in over there. And also some other podcasts that are related to this show. Uh, the Kick-Ash podcast with Ashley Mann. That's a big one there. Uh, we definitely hope you do that. Also the Revolutionary Wrestling podcast. want to make sure that I got that right. Um, with Grace. She does a hell of a job there. So definitely uh, you know, tune in. Show some love to everybody that you can. That's uh, the only way that you really can uh, get through this as a podcaster is by that guerrilla marketing and trusting the people, your listeners, to spread the word. So we definitely appreciate that. Yeah, man. Uh, definitely want to give a shout out to everybody. Yeah, thank you all for making this a part of y'all's week and everything. And 
definitely want to give a shout out to Mike, man. Appreciate you for having me, you know, every week and everything. But yeah, football function, t- check that out if y'all want to uh, catch up on y'all's football news. And yeah, basically want to close out the show like that. Thank y'all for listening. I'm out. All right. So the truth is no dude wants to be called Pam. But the truth is most men have a Pam problem. The Pam problem, guys. You know what that is? It's the passive aggressive man. Passive with his hopes, dreams, desires, maybe aggressive with vices, self-sabotage, distractions. They also struggle with women, work, and the world of men. Pam is passive with women, constantly friend-zoned. He's the nice guy that women keep around to help them move, check on their dogs, but never want to date. Pam is passed up at work, passed up for the promotion, and can't seem to catch a break. If you think you may have a Pam problem, or maybe you know someone that does, check out the High Value Man Conversation on Apple and Spotify and learn how to stop Pam and become a high value man. Learn more about the host, Aaron Alejandrino, on Instagram at TheFitBeard, all one word. But the podcast is called High Value Man Conversation. I checked it out on Apple Podcasts. It already has a five-star review It's got some great episodes, including how to avoid that dreaded friend zone. Those of you guys out there, I'm very familiar with that friend zone over the years. I was lucky enough to finally get out of it, but that is going to be an excellent episode for you guys out there that are stuck in that situation. You can also learn how to just make friends. I mean, just basic stuff, but critical, critical stuff as well. Check out the High Value Man Conversation. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You're not going to want to miss it. It'll add value to your life, guaranteed. Check it out today. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash wwepodcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.